I want to begin with a story that's probably the happiest ending story that you'll find in the Old Testament. It may not sound like it's going to have a happy ending, but it does. Now, to set the stage, Elisha and his servant have been ministering for some time, and the king of Aram has decided that he is going to attack Israel and he has gone to set up uh, an ambush against uh, Israel whenever the king of Israel brings his troops through. Elisha hears from the Lord what the king of Aram is going to do. So he goes and tells the king of Israel. And so the Israel king goes another way. This happened several times and it just really upsets the king of Aram and he calls all of his commanders and all of his people together that uh, are his officers and all. He says, who in here is on the side of the king of Israel? Who here is for the king of Israel? One of his servants said, it's nobody here, Lord. What it is, is Elisha, the man of God, he is telling everything you say, even in your bedroom, to the king of Israel. And so the king of Aram says, well, go get him and bring him here. And so this is where the story really begins. He sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Now, when the attendant of the man of God had risen early to go out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When they came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people with blindness, I pray. So he struck them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. Then Elisha said to them, this is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he brought them to Samaria. When they had come into Samaria, Elisha said, O oh Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. Then the king of Israel, when he saw them, said to Elijah, My father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? He really does say that twice like that. It's like he was so excited that, uh, that this whole army just been brought here in the middle of his army. He answered, You shall not kill them. Would you kill those you have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? <clears throat> Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they went to their master. 
And the marauding bands of the Arameans did not come again into the land of Israel. Now, isn't that a happy ending to a story that looked so bleak? And, you know, in some ways, it's the story of our lives over and over again. We wind up in places just like Elisha and his helper did, where things just look so hopeless, where it looks like we're outnumbered. It seems like there's no way that we're going to make it this time. And yet we know that the Lord is with us and somehow everything's going to be okay. This is our story. Over and over again. And it's my prayer during this series that we're going through that your eyes will be opened and you will be able to see that you are not alone. No matter what you're facing in life, you are not alone. Now, in this story, we see that there are things going on that we cannot see all around us. Whether you can see it or not, you're not alone. First of all, the Lord is with you. The Lord promised to be with us. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. And that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. And so we know that the Lord has promised to be with those who have given themselves to him. And so you know that the Lord is with you. In fact, the word that's translated helper here is sometimes translated comforter. It it's, comes from the Greek word parakletos, which comes from two words or a, a, a prefix. And then the word kaleo means to call, to call someone. Para means alongside. And so the parakletos, the parakletos is the one who comes alongside us. And when you call upon him, he will answer you. He is there. He is with you. Next, we uh, need to see that we need him with us because we have an enemy that we cannot handle alone. The words that we read today, Paul makes it clear. He says that uh, we need to put on the full armor of God. Why? so that we will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, there are a lot of people that want to just uh, put their uh, fingers in their ears and whistle real loud or sing real loud and don't even want to talk about the devil. But we have a force of evil at work in this world today. That was whenever I was seeking uh, for uh, uh, reality in life. And wondering if there really was a God. One of the first things he showed me, and you can see it today, even in politics, that there are people that want to do us harm in different ways that work together and bring about a concerted effort to bring stealing, killing, and destroying to us, to take away our freedom and to do all sorts of things to us. And in and of themselves, 
They wouldn't give each other the time of day. The only thing that, but you see that there's some force beyond them orchestrating and coordinating what they do. If you just read the newspaper, you can see there is a power of evil at work in the world today. And if you read in the Bible, you see that he has minions. Just like the Lord has angels, the devil has demons. And I'm not trying to scare you. There's not one behind every bush, but there are demonic forces at work in the world today. So we need him with us because we can't handle the fiery darts that the enemy shoots at us and uh, the different things that are going to be coming at us on our own. He makes it clear for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And then he tells us that we're supposed to take up the shield of faith so that we will be able to what? Extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. There is a force of evil and we need the Lord's help in even facing it today. Paul makes that clear. And Jesus taught us to pray as we prayed this morning, deliver us from evil. There is evil loose in this world today, and we need his help in handling it. Happily, we have promises in the Bible that God will do just that. And one of the most wonderful ones we find in the 34th Psalm. And uh, Psalm 34 was written by David while he was hiding out. And I'll give you the rest of the story in just a little bit. But he's hiding, well, he's hiding out and in, in, in a what looked like a tough place. This is what he says. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And this is one of my favorite lines in the whole Bible. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. You know, whenever you're reading along and all of a sudden you come across a but the Lord, you know something good is going to follow. And this is one of those big buts in the Bible. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. It's not, you see, it's not that we're not going to face trouble. But we're going to have the Lord with us, helping us if we are staying close to him. His notice, it says many are the afflictions of the righteous. There's a proviso there. You need to be right with God and living that sanctified, holy life that he has called you to. If you can want to count on him for delivering you from evil.
But uh, this word as, that's, tr- that's translated here, afflictions, many of the afflictions of the righteous, it means adversity, calamity, grief, misery, and it's caused by all sorts of different things. Just think of the different miseries and calamities and uh, afflictions that that you have going on in your life right now. First of all, evil people. There are people that are just flat evil. I mean, they just are mean-hearted and evil. Let's face it, there's such a thing. And then there is the power of evil, and there are evil beings. And uh, we have those that sometimes can cause things to happen to us. Uh, There are evil people in the world. Look at the sex trafficking and look at all the other things that are going on that are just evil and just trying to destroy purity and goodness in this world today. And then there are sometimes we just get attacked directly by Satan and directly by demons. It does happen. I can remember we were attending church one time at a church where this they call people up for prayer and we were just there as visitors and this young lady was she she was just overcome with fear all the time. She couldn't sleep at night because she was just haunted by fear. And as they began praying for her down front and laying hands on her, praying for her, all of a sudden this voice speaks that's not a sweet little 16-year-old's voice that says, leave her alone, she's mine. And all of a sudden, this demonic force just manifested itself right there in church. Well, this pastor uh, knew what to do, and they started just, uh, they, they just came against that evil spirit and cast it out in the name of Jesus. And uh, there was all sorts of, She like threw up stuff, looked like coffee grounds and all sorts of stuff. And then all of a sudden, she was just fine. No more fear. What had brought it on was a spirit of rebellion and listening. This is back in the the early, in the mid 80s, I guess. She was listening to music that opened her spirit up and she embraced the words of music that uh, that just opened the door into her heart and into her soul for demonic possession. And uh, so anyway, but she was set free. Whenever I was a pastor of, uh, well, I was minister of discipleship at the Woodlands United Methodist Church. It's now one of the largest churches in, in Methodism, but uh, it's a huge congregation. I had a uh, healing team a group of uh, people that I was training to at the end of services to lay hands on people and pray for them if they needed healing. And uh, so they were uh, they would meet and people would come to be prayed for uh, at different times. And there's this one young lady I was counseling with her and her husband because their marriage was having trouble. But in addition to that, she just she knew she she knew there was a God and she wanted to serve him. And yet there was something that was keeping her from him. And she just wanted healing from that. And so she was meeting with my healing team in my study 
on a regular basis for them to pray with her about this. And then one night, I won't go into all the details, but all of a sudden, a voice that was not hers came forth and demanded that they just get their hands off of her and leave her alone. And uh, anyway, they knew what to do. And uh, they cast that demon out. And all of a sudden, she was just fine. This does happen, people. You don't hear it talked about much. But it does happen. And but again, I'm not saying this to scare you. It's just to bring you to reality that we live in a world that does have supernatural forces going on all around us. And so, uh, uh, like I say, not a demon behind every bush, but every now and then you are going to run across them. And you know what? You have the power in the name of Jesus to make them leave. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So uh, just let you be aware of that. But that's one of the sources of affliction. There are a lot of others. Persecution, enemies, family conflict, temptation, circumstances, danger, sin, death of a loved one. Things from your past that are haunting you today. There are all sorts of sources and causes of the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord has promised he will deliver us out of them all. Now, how does he do this? Sometimes he does it supernaturally. Sometimes he does it in other ways. And we've got to leave all this open to him. Uh, the children of Israel at the Red Sea, he just made a way where there wasn't a way. He supernaturally parted the water and the children of Israel went across on dry ground. And it was just like one of the most natural things in the world for them to walk across on dry ground with water on either side. But it was supernatural. Uh, sometimes he just gives an idea. I don't know how many times he's helped me by just giving me the right idea. Uh, this passage that we read earlier uh, in Psalm 34, I told you David was hiding out. This was at a point in time when Saul had just decided he was going to kill David. And he was chasing David and David uh, fled into the land of the Philistines. The Philistine king was informed that he was there. And uh, they had heard the stories about how they were singing over in, uh, in, in Judah. Uh, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his tens of thousands. And say, King, you don't want this guy just running around in your land, do you? He said, no, bring him here. Again, the king has the guy brought here, just like he was trying to do with uh, Elisha. And so they bring David in. And the Lord has given David an idea. And it says he feigns insanity. He just played like he was crazy. He was drooling all down his beard. He was writing on walls and uh, on doors and stuff. And was just acting like he was just totally nuts. And he came in and uh, the king says, what do you mean bringing this dunce in here like this? Don't I have enough 
crazy people in my court already? Get him out of here. And they just kicked David out. So then he goes off and uh, he hides out back in the Philistine uh, countryside again. And that's whenever 400 other men who were like outcasts and all gathered with him. And that was the beginning of David's getting together his army and beginning to uh, become a leader uh, uh, in that way. But you see, in David's case, he just gave him the idea as to what to do. And whenever the Lord gives you an idea, it works. It works. And I don't know how many times he's just given me an idea. Um, sometimes he will give you a vision. I remember I've shared this. A lot of y'all have heard this, but so you have not. Uh, whenever this is back in about 1981, uh, we had a brand new baby. I was serving my first full-time church. We had no money and the air conditioner had gone out on my car. I didn't know what to do. My little baby, I couldn't be carrying around in that hot car. And uh, I just prayed, Lord, I just don't know what to do. I just don't have the money to get the car. I couldn't afford to get the uh, diagnostics done to find out what was wrong with the air conditioner. And the Lord just gave me a vision while I was laying in bed praying. And he showed me a schematic of the... Uh, of the console in the car and uh, I saw there were screws here and this held this in. I went out, just took a little screwdriver with me and went out, undid two screws, pulled the switch out and the back of the switch was melted like all get out. And it unplugged. It was a modular thing that unplugged two different ways. I took it to the parts store in Maud, Texas. I mean, 1,100 people. It's a wonder they had a parts store. But I took it to the parts store there, and I said, do y'all have one of these? And, oh, yeah, $12 with tax, you know. Okay, so I took it back in. I, I plugged it in, screwed it back on. Air conditioner worked fine. I had no idea. I know nothing about car electronics and all, but the Lord just made a way. You see, that was an affliction. That was a condition that I was in. The Lord saw my affliction and he made a way. And that's what he'll do with you. Sometimes he will uh, just bring people into your life. Sometimes it'll be just a person that shows up just when you need them. I don't know how many times that's happened. Sometimes he uses discomfort. One time we were traveling between uh, Shreveport and Marshall, I think it was, on I-20. And all of a sudden, Sharon got a horrendous headache. I mean, it was excruciating, so much so that we had to pull over on the side of the road. And I think I went and get her something to take for the, for the pain. And then we got back on the road. Her headache went away. And we passed by one of the most horrendous, gosh-awful wrecks you ever saw. And we would have been right in the big middle of it if Sharon hadn't got that headache right when she did. Uh, situations. The Lord can just turn a situation around. I mean, just, just think about it. And uh, he could just change the way things are going. You know, things could be just going one way and all of a sudden... What was the problem? 
There are just all sorts of ways. Uh, sometimes you'll feel like you're in need, and he will just stretch what you have. And you'll it'll be like uh, uh, the lady with the oil in the Old Testament that she just kept pouring oil and pouring oil and pouring oil. And uh, all of a sudden you think, how did we even make it? We ran out of money two weeks ago. You know, where's this food coming from? It's in the pantry. Cool. You know. So anyway, but you see, the Lord will stretch what you have. He will make a way. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but... The Lord delivers them out of them all. Isn't that good news, people? Isn't that good news? Now then, there's a condition and then there's a conclusion. It's like, and some of you heard this story before about the woman that told her husband she was bored and she was going to window shop. And he said, no, you're not planning on buying anything, are you? You know, money's tight right now. I said, oh, no, no, no. I'm just going to look. He said, well, I know you. Whenever, if you start feeling tempted to buy something, you just say, get thee behind me, Satan. Okay. All right. That's what I'll do. She came back about three hours later with a dress. And he said, what, what is this? It's, oh, it's a dress. It's just, I just had to get this dress. What, what, what didn't you do? I, I did exactly what you said. I just saw this dress. It looked so nice. I just had to try it on. And I went and looked in the mirror. And the devil just whispered in my ear, girl, you look good in that dress. <laughs> and I said, get thee behind me, Satan. And he said, girl, you look good in this dress from back here, too. He said, that's when I brought bought the dress, you know. But the thing is, she had a, she was sure there was a condition. The condition was she was being tempted. The conclusion was she gave in to temptation. Anytime that you are in a moment of affliction, that is a condition. And you need to ask yourself, what is the conclusion going to be? Because you generally are going to have a choice to make in that condition. And that condition is either going to bring about stay faithful to the Lord and have a good conclusion, or you can be unfaithful to the Lord, take it into your own hands, try to handle it in your own strength, own speed and strength, and you can wind up with a bad conclusion. Or you could just know what the Lord wants you to do and do something else, and the conclusion is going to be bad. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, facing the fiery furnace, they said, told the king, even so, he is able to deliver us. And they were faithful and would not bow down. And the Lord delivered them. They had a good conclusion. It was a bad condition, a good conclusion. Uh, Job, if anybody wound up in a bad spot, it was Job. Many afflictions. And his friends didn't help. His wife didn't help. It was just bad all around. Now, I must say, some people don't give Job's wife enough credit. She was experiencing the same losses that Job did. She lost her kids. Did you ever think about that? Uh, she went through everything that he did as far as losses, home, all that stuff. The only thing that she didn't wind up with was the boils. But he winds up with a wife that says, why don't you just curse God and die? You know, I mean, he was in a bad spot when it was all over. His friends who were trying to blame him for what was going on, they wound up being better friends. When uh, 
And his wife wound up being a better wife. And he wound up with much more than he had before he went into the affliction. The conclusion for Job was good because he remained faithful. And then me, I can remember we first starting out, uh, I was in seminary, just got a job at 7-Eleven to help make ends meet. And this guy, we were so short of money. I mean, we needed it so bad. And this guy comes in and he had just been out of prison a little while for armed robbery. He said, hey, why don't we split the money in the cash register and say that you got robbed? I'll be a witness. Nobody will ever know what really happened. And that was just the devil right there. And he thought that he had me at a weak moment. If I had given in to that, and some people would rationalize, say, well, it was to feed your family. There was a real, there was a good reason for you to do that. There's never a good reason to steal, folks. Never a good reason to dishonor God. If I had dishonored God by giving in to that little scheme, I couldn't stand before you in good conscience and preach to you today. So I wound up with, I, I resisted the devil and he fled from me. And so I can stand here today with a clear conscience and a clean heart. So you see, we all face these things. We face many afflictions, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. And there's one affliction that we all have faced, and that is the affliction of sin and the consequences of sin. And yet, whenever we were unworthy and we were unlovable and unlovely, Jesus went to the cross for us. And he delivered us out of the most horrendous condition ever. That is death and hell. And instead, the conclusion now for us is heaven and his presence with us in the here and now. All the way through, he's with us. You're not alone, people. As we come to the Lord's table today, we just remember that we're not alone and that he has delivered us from the law of sin and death and brought us into the glorious kingdom of light. He delivers us in so many ways. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.